You're listening to What She Said, a podcast for bloggers and creatives hosted by me, Lucy Sharif, a freelance journalist living in London. Each week, I interview different women in blogging and the online world, getting their best blogging tips and advice, and a little bit of gossip too. Thanks for listening. So I've realised basically that I have a terrible potty mouth. Um, So I'm actually going to stop swearing or try to as much so that I can have an episode that's rated clean, which would be nice. Um, Anyway, this week, um, my wonderful guest is Elle Croft of ElleCroft.com. She's a blogger, social media expert and a published writer. She wrote a novel, which is absolutely crazy, and it comes out really, really soon. And she's also one of my favourite writers, um, just my one of my favourite human beings in general, actually. She's awesome. So we chatted about why it's important to look beyond the numbers, the power of Facebook, and Elle shares some incredible tips on how to utilise Facebook to promote your blog to a much wider audience. We ponder the disappearance of Google+, where on earth did that go? Admit our social media fails and talk about how blogging helped Elle get published. Welcome, Elle. Thanks for having me. Published author. Well, not yet. Soon to be published. <laughs> Soon to be published. So, actually, I've jumped in, but do you want to, if anybody doesn't know who you are, do you want to jump in and tell us who you are and explain your blogging journey? Sure. Um, so, I'm Elle Croft. I'm a travel blogger. I have my own uh, blog at lcroft.com, and uh, I also am one of the Travel Hack team members. So I work with Monica, who was one of your guests a few weeks ago. Um, and Friend of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been blogging for probably about seven years. I started in 2010. Um, and I was just, I had no creative outlet. And I was in a soul-destroying job. It was called Document Control, which is essentially a fancy word for filing. Oh. So I filed all day. That's and, jazzy. Oh, I was so jazzy. <laughs> um, and I was living in Canada at the time, which sounds really exciting, but I didn't know a lot of people. So I didn't have a huge social life, which sounds really sad now when I say it. But um, I really just needed something to do. And my husband worked weekends as well. So weekends, yeah. I was like, I just need to do something. So I started blogging. Um, and it started out as a fashion blog, which is hilarious now. And I've deleted all those posts because it's oh, so yay. embarrassing. But the only bloggers I had ever seen or heard of were like personal style bloggers. Mm. So I didn't know that travel blogging was a thing. Um, so I kind of just copied what I knew uh, and started out with personal style blogging and then quickly realised that travel was what I wanted to talk about and moved to London and started doing a lot more travel so I had stuff to write about. Um, so yeah, I've been blogging for ages. I'm not full-time as a blogger. I do it sort of part-time and then I do freelance social media consulting and copywriting and then yeah, as you mentioned, I have a book being published in, well it comes out as an ebook in December and then paperback in January and it's a psychological thriller. So exciting. It's called The Guilty Wife. I haven't obviously read it yet, but um, it's on my Amazon wishlist for awesome. pre-order. Cool. Um, do you want to tell us how you how that all happened? Yeah, so I've always wanted to write a book in the way that everyone always says they want to write a book. Yeah. And I always hated... Every job I had, I hated. Like, even the ones that I thought I was going to really like, when I thought, oh, yeah, I really want to do social media as a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And then I actually got a job in social media, and then I was like, no, no, I still hate it. Um, <laughs> and it was just this real kind of 
I don't know, a frustration that I'd had for years and years and years where people would say, what do you want to do then if you hate all your jobs? And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, if I could have my way, I'd just write books and, you know, do that. But it just seemed like this completely unrealistic sort of pipe dream. So I never thought it was possible, really. Um, And then in 2012 or 2013, I can't actually remember sometime around then, I heard of National Novel Writing Month which is where you, it's called NaNoWriMo. Or, oh, yeah. yes, yes. The so, yeah, so you basically, people around the world challenge themselves to write 50,000 words in a month, which is huge. Yeah. And it means you have to write, I think it's like 1,700 words a day. Um, a yeah, yeah, it is if you're like working full time and trying to blog and stuff. So I decided just to set myself a challenge and do that. Um, and I was working full time, so I'd get up at six o'clock and do my hour and a half of writing or whatever and then quickly scurry to work and then do my blogging at night so where were you what were you doing then social media yeah that was my social media job um and I didn't really have a storyline I had some characters uh, yeah no real storyline I was really writing just for the sake of writing and getting a habit but it taught me some really good habits and it actually kind of formed the basis of an idea I then deleted all 50,000 words because it was terrible (laughs) but it kind of made me think okay I can do this like if I could write 50,000 words in a month I can write 100,000 words yeah and make them actually sound good so yeah so then I just started working on it I had major breaks in between so I'd take six months off and just be like I can't can't think about it right now Mm. um and yeah so then in when was it 2016 yeah so last year I started pitching for agents and that was a really fun process because you get a lot of rejections. Yeah. And because I don't, I mean, I've never worked in publishing. I don't know people who have books published or whatever. Mm. It was really just like Googling agent in London who does crime fiction. So is that literally it, what yeah. you, so you had, so at this point you, just to backtrack a bit, you'd written The Guilty Wife. Yes, which wasn't called The Guilty Wife back right. then. But yeah, I'd written what was, what I thought the final version which is hilarious now because it's <laughs> changed so much since then. But, yeah, I'd written it to a point where I was like, this is as good as I think I can get it. Yeah. Um, and then I'd read a little bit from published authors online um, who kind of talked about the process and what you need to do um, to get published. And, you know, you have to write a query letter for agents and you have to get that right. That's a massive yeah. part of it. And then you have to pitch agents yeah. and then they get the publisher. And it's this whole process that I had no idea about. I sort of thought you wrote your book, sent it to a publisher, and they went, yep, and then published it. And it's kind of what I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing like that. There's so many steps. Like, I'm learning so much about the whole industry and the process, and it is a really long process um, yeah. with a lot of steps and a lot of collaboration from the point where you get the agent, then it's like, it was my book up until that point, and yeah. then it's like you have to just go with it and take their advice and notes and edits and... Yeah, so it's been a very interesting oh, journey. journey. It's now, it still feels really surreal, actually, because, yeah, when I looked at, there, there's a blog post, and I'll, I'll send you the link so you can put it in the show notes, but it was by a, an author called Delilah Dawson, and I actually haven't read any of her work. She does, like, young adult fantasy mm-hmm. novels, which is not kind of my jam, but um, she wrote this amazing blog post that was, like, 26 steps to being a traditionally published author, and that has been, like, my guide basically so I was at step one and thinking I will never get to step 26 like it just seemed like such a mammoth journey so it's really weird that now I'm currently at step 20 
four or 25 or something and it's like how did I get here it's, it's been a bit so of a whirlwind it's <laughs> so exciting so uh, you wrote a blog post was it last week where you were talking about how how having a blog helps you get published I really like actually the first line where you're like uh this is a misleading title but it's a good <laughs> yeah. title it was a clickbait title <laughs> <laughs> shameless um I think the thing was I kind of I think it and it, it's been so long that I've kind of forgotten my motivations for starting a blog. But I feel like at the back of my head, there was a bit of a, well, I'll start blogging and then I've got a bit of a writing portfolio. So when I want to write a novel, then I'll have something to show someone and be like, look, I can write. Yeah. Um, which in the end was not how it happened at all. And no one really cared about my blog yeah. because it's got nothing to do with writing fiction. But, um, but despite that, blogging has taught me so much just about like discipline in writing and um confidence was a major one as well so mm. like blogging has taught me loads it's just not the path that I thought it would take me on so yeah. I kind of assumed that by having a blog some agent would just approach me one day and be like oh I see you have this great blog why don't you write a book Which, because sometimes <laughs> people say that's how it happens I've yeah. seen a lot of the mummy bloggers say oh like they approached me after they saw and I find that really hard to believe especially I think for non-fiction it works like that a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I guess it, Because yeah. if you're an expert on a topic, then they know that you can write it. And so I think true, that does. Yeah. But for fiction, not really. Unless you're Zoella, and then they know that they can sell whatever. And then you get a ghostwriter to do it anyway. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I kind of assumed that it would lead me down that path. But actually, it just taught me so much about how to how to squeeze things into my already busy days mm. and how to handle rejection and how to handle collaboration and things like that so it has actually been totally essential to like I don't think I would have written this book if I hadn't been blogging yeah because I don't think I would have the confidence and things like that so. and the discipline and motivation yeah. and all the rest of yeah. it yeah um you touched on something in that blog post um about editing which I found really interesting because Abby King who writes the blog in the travel lab inside travel lab not yeah. Travel Lab. She won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, inside Travel Lab, she um, is an amazing writer, and she does a lot of talks on on writing. And she always says, "Edit everything. Edit like a crazy amount, like eighty percent, but everything, including social media." Mm -hmm. um, has and yeah, and you were saying like having a blog. In fact, actually, it was kind of the other way around a bit as well, wasn't it? So writing a book almost made you more critical of your blog yeah, writing in terms of editing. Definitely. I think, I don't know, I think it's kind of, it's worked both ways a little bit. So I, when I first started blogging, I would just sort of throw a blog post up. Mm. And then when I would go back and read that a year later, I would just cringe and think like, oh, like I either have to completely edit this or delete it. Um, but so yeah, along the way of blogging, I learned how to sort of edit myself a little bit more and not assume that I'm the world's greatest writer like when I started I was like yeah I can write yeah of course I can write I did English <laughs> at high school um and sort of assumed that I knew everything there was to know about writing which mm. again is totally hilarious and so wrong because I still know nothing when it comes <laughs> you know like I'd get these edits back for my book and just think oh how did I not know that like just formatting dialogue and things like that I had no idea how to do it and I was doing it wrong the whole time and the poor editor had to go through and fix all of that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's taught me to – and so, yeah, it's worked both ways, I guess. Seeing the edits that came back from my editor and the copy editor and the line editor, and that just showed me a lot about my own writing and seeing when I was overusing commas or 
underusing commas and things like that. So I mean, that terrifies me because uh, so I've been following your blog for a long time before we met, and I love your writing. Oh, You're my nice. I I think you and Bren are probably are my favourite writers. Um, and <laughs> you're definitely like the bar I set myself. Oh. So if you if you don't think you're good, then shit. <laughs> well, I guess it's more I know that I can improve. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so going back to blogging. So you've been doing it a long time and have gone through a bit of a journey from fashion blogger to travel blogger. But actually, so your blog now, would you categorise it as a straight up travel blog or? Mm. I, I say lifestyle, but then I think lifestyle is just like, and no offence to lifestyle bloggers because it is a genuine thing, but mm. for me, I kind of just use it as a catch-all because I don't really know how to categorise my blog. Because it is, I'm trying to, like I do travel and I love writing about travel, but I also really like writing about more personal stuff and that's mm. been something I've been experimenting with probably over the past year or so and just yeah. trying to write more honestly about kind of what's going on in my life and things like that. And I really enjoy that. Um and I do like the fashion stuff as well. I would like to write a little bit more about that. So, yeah, it's kind of just my personal space to write about things. And now I'm writing a bit more about writing as well because obviously yeah. that's something that is a huge part of my life and also it's something people are really curious about. So, yeah, might as well. It's getting meta. It's yeah. getting really meta. <laughs> writing about writing. <laughs> um, what, what have been the biggest kind of growth game changers for you over the way? So um, even though you don't, it's not your full-time Yeah, blog, it is, it is a, like, you are a successful blogger in the bloggersphere. Thanks, yeah, I mean, I, I don't kind of, again, I think it's like with writing, I just see so much room for improvement, so I'm always probably my worst critic, and I'm like, oh, it's terrible, I need to do so much on it, but um, game changes, I think learning how to get involved with the travel blogging community made a huge difference, like, I'm a major introvert major introvert so like going to um networking events is just the most terrifying thing for me mm. and so for the first few years of travel blogging I would go and kind of cling to the one or two people that I knew and just be too afraid to meet anyone else yeah. or I'd walk into the room and just be like I, I can't I can't do this and I'd walk out again yeah. and just go home so I sort of shied away from that for a while and then as soon as I started getting to know more people and feeling like I had a community in the network that made a huge difference because it's just I don't know blogging so much of the joy of blogging is about supporting each other and having that network and friendship um so yeah it kind of sounds cheesy but I think as soon as you have other supporters within the same kind of field you're sharing each other's stuff and it's really organic it's not like a like for like share for share kind of thing it is just like you get to know people and you want to share the content that they're sharing because it's great um so that really helped just knowing people and being part of that community I think that was the biggest thing and then also um working with the travel hack yeah has been massive and not necessarily for my own blog so my blog growth has kind of just like been the same for years it's not really growing at this like rapid major rate which I'm actually fine with because it's still a bit of a sort of side gig I guess um but working with the travel hack and being part of the travel hack team has been amazing just for the travel opportunities and um yeah I've done some incredible trips um yeah you guys go on some amazing trips yeah so that's been cool it's kind of fed my wanderlust yeah um, and given me a bigger platform to write on um and then I can use my own blog just as kind of my personal space, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is quite nice because then you don't ever have to pin down um, a category or whatever yeah. because 
yeah, I feel I, I'm kind of the same way. But although I'm starting to think I'd quite like to t- to actually make my blog grow a little bit. Yeah. I've been so lazy with it for so long. And we were talking offline, as it were, <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> while making tea, about um, Facebook and Pinterest and things like that. And you... Um, are a bit of a Facebook expert and I wondered if you could share some of your top tips because the if you don't if anyone who's listening doesn't know um Facebook have changed their preview their link preview now. yeah so now if you so you used to post a link and then it would give you Facebook would give you the option to edit the meta title and description which isn't a huge deal as such because obviously you don't want to completely change it Mm -hmm. because it should reflect what the article is about anyway but it is a nice little tool to have because you can make it a little bit more Facebook friendly as opposed to Google SEO friendly, which is what it currently is. So if if you're not sure what I'm talking about, the meta description and title is what you put in um, if you have the Yoast SEO plugin, which I think a lot of bloggers do. Um, that's where you put in the title and meta description, and that's what Facebook pulls through to um, the preview. So now you just can't edit that, which is... It's a pain. Yeah, I find it a bit annoying because I like to shorten the title because I don't like the title going over two lines. I just find it really, like, visually unappealing. Like in a widow-orphan way or in a... No, in, like, if the title's too long, it takes up two lines. And I don't, yeah, I just am a bit of a perfectionist. So I guess now I'm just going to have to go and edit my meta titles and make them a little bit more... Snappy. Like, yeah, make them work for both um, Google and Facebook. It's not really a huge deal. And because now everyone's going to be doing the same thing, mm-hmm. I think links are just going to start looking a little bit messier um, yeah. on Facebook across the board. Yeah. And that's a shame. But they're doing it um, to stop fake news, basically. Ah, is that the yeah, reason Yeah, because they don't want to... So they don't want people to put... Titles. Yeah, they don't want people to put a link up about one thing and say it's about something else just I to get clicks. See. Yeah, that is... Because Facebook's come under fire so much since the election. Yeah. Um, so we yeah. shouldn't talk shit about Facebook, basically. They're doing this for a good reason. <laughs> They're doing yeah. it for a good reason, but it's annoying that the people who are doing the right thing are now being punished for it. It's like, well, I don't do clickbait apart from the, the blog post we just talked about <laughs> how blogging helped me get a book but it deal. wasn't it wasn't fake news <laughs> it wasn't fake news <laughs> um yeah so that's slightly annoying but I think with Facebook so my expertise in Facebook is advertising mm-hmm. so I kind of go to brands and businesses and help them to advertise better and a lot of brands use agencies who don't necessarily know how yeah. to best use Facebook so I had a client just this week actually and um, the lady started a business last year or so, and she's been plowing so much money into Facebook ads and seeing absolutely nothing for that because she's been doing it through an agency that said, yeah, we're digital specialists. Okay. And um, I did two hours of training with her, and she was like, oh, this is a game changer. Like, this is because if you're using Facebook ads properly, they're so powerful. But mm. if you're just kind of clicking the boost button and putting a hundred pounds behind it, you're probably not going to see a lot of returns. So for bloggers, it's not as relevant because I don't think there's very many bloggers who are putting much money behind Facebook ads. But should they be? Well. Or could they be? I think if you're going to put money behind any social platform on advertising, it should be Facebook because the kind of targeting that you can do is so much more powerful than Pinterest or Instagram um, or Twitter. So you're going to get more of the right people to your blog as opposed to more people like I'm a huge advocate of quality over quantity when it comes to advertising traffic because you could 
just chuck some money at any platform and see, you know, a few thousand visitors, but if they're never going to come back or they're never going to take any action, what's the point? Which is kind of what we were saying about Pinterest, which we'll definitely get to, but so, but going back to Facebook ads, um, if, uh, say if I decide to boost a post, what would be the number one mistake that I probably make? Audience use it, yeah. targeting. So, so not going, not cutting it. Well, so I think most people just go with interests mm-hmm. or boosting to friends or whatever. But there's so much more that you can do with Facebook. So you can put a little bit of code into your website. It's called a pixel, and it'll track all of your traffic. Um, and you can then create audiences based on that. So you could say, okay, I want to build an audience of anyone who's visited my website in the past thirty days who's visited for, like, a, the longest time. Like, you can only do it by percentage, so you can't say time frames. But you could say, okay, I want to target those people who have been on my site for a long time in the past 30 days. Uh-huh. And then you can target to them. And Facebook, they don't have to have ever interacted with you on Facebook, but Facebook kind of sees who's going to your site and then finds so them on Facebook, <laughs> creates an audience, exactly. So you can target, like, they already know who you are because they've visited your site. Yeah. So it's not like cold targeting people are already familiar. So they're more likely to go, oh, yeah, I remember that blog. Yeah. And then go back to it. Um, and there's so, I mean, that's just like the tip of the iceberg. There's so much you can do with it and it's so clever. Um, so if you're ever going to be doing advertising on Facebook, make sure you're using the right audience. That's like the number one thing to yeah. get successful. Kind of that's a brilliant, brilliant tip. I'm definitely going to be using that. <laughs> Excellent. And I do have some, uh, I have another website that I've kind of neglected for the past oh, year while I've been doing Yeah, I've got, it's called croftsocial.com. And I think I've got some um, advanced Facebook advertising tips on there. Uh-huh. Okay. I should go and write oh, a post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've kind of neglected that while I've and been doing Twitter the book as stuff. Well. You've got a separate Twitter. Yeah, and again, really? that's yeah. also equally neglected. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have mentioned those because they look terrible. That's all right. By the time this goes out, you've got about a month. Okay, great. So. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to write a second book in, in the next few months. So oh I'm my God. Like, neglecting all things to write my book. But, that's so exciting. Know. Is it going to be a sequel? No, not a sequel. Different. Totally different. Same genre. genre. Totally different storyline. Thank God, because I'm so done with all of those characters and that whole storyline. I never want to see them again. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. By the time you get to the end of it, you're probably like, I am literally never reading this book. It's terrible. I can't bear it. Yeah. I hate everyone in it. Yeah. (laughs) And I had to go through recently and do, um, like, last-minute copy edits. So, basically, they found the book. I've got... There's proofs um, going out to bloggers, like, book bloggers today, actually, at the festival I'm going to. Um, so I've seen it as like a properly bound copy, but there's still like a few mistakes in there. So I had to go through and like try and find them, but I know what I meant to write. Uh And so my brain just reads what should be on the page. And so it's really difficult to pick up mistakes, but I've been having to like comb through and try and read Uh word for word. And it's just the worst. And then I'll pick up a sentence and be like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Why did I write that? But it's too late to make changes like that. It's basically just like spelling mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) everyone <laughs> no I love it it's great go buy it <laughs> no, it looks really good I'm excited to read it um so going back to what I sort of touched on with the wrong type of traffic yes this might be a bit controversial because actually I'm a massive advocate of using Pinterest to drive traffic to your blog but you you mentioned something which is so bloody true so Pinterest 
I mean, it drive it does the same for your blog as it does for my blog. It drives a lot of traffic, but to a very small amount of blog posts. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's three very specific types of travel posts, two-week itinerary posts, and two packing posts, which is fine. I, lo- I love writing those posts, but I actually don't write them as much as yeah. I write quite a lot of other stuff. Um, I write a lot more about motherhood. I write a lot more about blogging and just about kind of deep and meaningful, oversharey stuff. Which doesn't which I love. <laughs> I love writing it. It's my favourite, and I get the I get the best engagement from yeah. that. But I don't get the best traffic from that because even though I guess it's kind of shareable, I don't get as much as I get from Pinterest on other posts yeah. because there isn't a nice little group board on Pinterest for random overshare-y Yeah, posts. and it's not the sort of thing, it might be something that you want to read, but it's not the sort of thing that you want to save on a board for later. Exactly, for, oh, yeah. when I'm planning that trip and I need to know how to do that, I'll come back to this post kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, and I think Pinterest is fantastic for driving traffic, and I'm really pleased that, you know, I've, as you say, I've got like probably three or four posts that consistently bring loads of traffic to my site each month. But then it's not that that's not what I write anymore because I do still do a lot of travel and most of them are travel posts. But I don't think it's high quality traffic. I think it's people who click on, they either just like save the pin or they click on it, get what they need and leave. And I feel like I need to, that's, I need to do better at making like a bit of a, an onward journey for people who have yeah. just arrived on those posts and maybe making custom like welcome mats or whatever you call them um, yeah so that when people arrive I can say okay you like this kind of post why don't you check out these ones as well or really sign up tip. to my email newsletter and you'll get a free guide to that's what I do whatever yeah, yeah. um is there anything specific you do with your email list I know, I'm not very good with my email list. It's something that I'm fairly new have, to. I'm, I do have a, yeah. yeah I'm I, subscribed. Thanks. <laughs> I'm trying to do a monthly newsletter now. Like, I kind of have been really sporadic about it, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to be a bit more disciplined and do it once a month. And, um, yeah, I don't feel like it's something I've really nailed, and it's something that I came quite late to. So yeah. I wish I'd been getting email subscribers from the very start. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting blogging, <laughs> like, make that a priority. Get your yes. email list sorted. Because the thing is, like, as much as I'm a social media expert... I would never, ever advise putting all of your time and effort into social media because you don't own those platforms. Facebook changes at whiplash speed. Like, Mm. you can't keep up with the things that they're suddenly banning or changing and the algorithm is, like, beyond anyone's comprehension. So you don't own those platforms, but you own your email list. Mm. So you can, you know, that's never going away no matter what any of the social platforms do. Yeah. And we've seen, like, Google Plus has just sort of, like, fizzled and anyone who put... Imagine if you put all of your time and effort into growing your Google Plus page and now it's worthless. I feel... It's the one thing that every time I see someone's Google Plus to one of my of my posts and I'm like oh god yeah I've got that and I and I feel a bit smug because I'm like oh, I never thought that would work yeah but they were promising that it was going to be the next big thing and I it know. just wasn't so yeah it's so mean, complicated I remember like you would have your personal google plus and then you, you could have like your business page yeah and it was so complicated it was really hard to set up wasn't it it was really just like hard. really fiddly and not um not, not very straightforward yeah not intuitive which is interesting from Google because yeah, they usually are so good. I know. <laughs> Fucked up there. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Stick to what you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I would definitely, if I could go back, I would do my email list yeah. as a priority from the start. 
Um, I agree. But anyway, I, I, I do didn't. So. Do you use Mailchimp? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Mailchimp. I don't think I know its full capacities, though. Like, I need to actually sit down one day and just teach myself everything that Mailchimp can do. I do really basic stuff on it, but um, that because once once you have to start paying for your subscribers, mm. um, you unlock a lot of other features. Okay, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I mean, I uh, flitter on that one because I'm at the very, very low end. Yeah. Um, but I... And I and it was a real ego thing. I kept I don't know like maybe a thousand extra subscribers that literally never opened. Oh. They hadn't opened the past five things yeah. I sent. And I was like, why am I keeping these people? Why am I paying for these yeah. people? And I realised it was a complete ego thing. And that's the thing with the quality versus quantity. Yeah. Again, it's like you'd rather have ten subscribers who are actually going to like interact and engage and buy from you if you're selling something yeah then a thousand people who don't actually care it that that number is completely meaningless yes Um, all numbers are meaningless because it's the number of people who care that actually matters yeah but how do you measure that well how do you personally measure that because you're i think you're um a really interesting blogger because you actually a lot of people say they don't care about numbers but actually i feel like you really don't give a shit yeah, I mean, I don't care how many people are visiting my site. But also, it's not my job. Like, I'm not... I think if I made money from it, and if that was my sole income, I would care a lot more because that would make care, a huge yeah. difference. Whereas it is... Like, I like to treat it as a hobby, even though I work at it like a job. I treat it like a hobby because I don't want to lose the joy and I don't want to... Because I've been through that. Like, I've been through the whole cycle of, like, obsessing over numbers. Yeah. And that's just... It brings nothing to my life to do that. So I've just got to the point where I'm like, eh. Whatever, I don't care. Yes, yeah, if if I have if it makes one person's trip better, or if like a personal post helps one person think about something differently, great. I've I've like done something amazing. Yeah. So you yeah, more than what you set out to do because you're writing it for the joy anyway. Yeah, and I think because I set out to do it, not really ever believing that anyone would read it. Like it was genuinely just a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anyone other than like my mom and sister would read it. Which they still do. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I feel like most bloggers always feel like no one's reading. Even mm. even though you can see in Google Analytics, okay, this many people, 10 people have come to my site. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't feel like real people, does it? No. It does feel like a number. And I think that's the danger with numbers is that you stop looking at it as actual people and mm. you start thinking of it as a figure and a number. And people are not numbers. Yeah. And the people who are coming to your site, they're coming for something. So are you providing a person with something? Or are you just in it for the numbers? Yeah. And I think that kind of changes the way that you look at content and the way that you look at success as well. Do you have any, in terms of content, do you have like a bit of a content calendar or a bit of a content plan? Because I see these people, so obviously you can't see this because this is audio, but um, Elle's shaking her head, which makes me really happy. (laughs) Shaking my head with shame. (laughs) Because I also don't. Um, But I sometimes see people, especially on like Instagram stories or whatever, like, Oh, just content planning for the month with like all these principles. What do you mean? I just write yeah. like I've tried it. I've tried it. Honestly, I have every blogging trick and mm-hmm. tip and process under the sun. I've tried it. Um, 
a content plan makes me feel really smug and great at the beginning of the month and then by the end of the month it makes me feel like the biggest failure because I have not <laughs> stuck to it and I'm like my life is crumbling before my eyes um so yeah no I can't I can't do that I just have to I have a sort of to-do list if I know there's posts that I have to write because it's a brand post yeah. um or it's a trip post and I kind of you know need to write it up before I forget everything I did um then I'll have it in like a to-do list yeah and so I kind of know that I need to get it done shortly um but yeah, no, some days I just think, what do I want to write about today? And then I'll do it. Or I don't feel like writing that day. You so don't, I don't have any kind of consistency in terms of the days that you post. Absolutely not. Interesting. <laughs> and I don't know whether that's good or bad, but to me it's... That's, it is what it is. It, yeah. yeah. I write when I can write and, yeah. You've been writing a book. You kind of... And now you're writing <laughs> another book. So you yeah. have a really good I'm trying to give you. myself a bit of a break because, yeah... yeah. As, as I say, and I do have to remind myself of this quite frequently, like, my blog is not my full-time job. Yeah. It's not my main source of income. It does make a little bit, but not enough to live on. And yeah. so, I sometimes other things just need to take priority, yeah. and that's totally fine. Um, I think you follow Jane Carrington as well. Um, so she, I will link to all of her stuff in the show notes. She's amazing. I did coaching with her, actually. And she really encourages... Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just have to do the work that has to be done. Yeah. So it's really lovely to do dreamy, uh, like dreamy, dreamy, creative stuff that just is fun. But you know, you have to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, and she encouraged me to have like a day for everything. So I, oh. I would have on Mondays would be my pitch day. Yeah. To editors, which normally would throughout the week, I would then be coming back into that but Monday would be the day to craft it yeah um and then any anything I got commissions from I would then obviously spend the whole week if I yeah. needed to but Monday was set for that oh, and then cool. Tuesday um Tuesday I was able to do just Wanderloo's blogging yeah fun stuff nice because so then like Monday is the tough day but Tuesday and I you don't have to do it like that you could do Monday is your dreamy day of yeah. creative stuff well, I kind of tend to do half days. So I'll do, as in I don't work half days, but I split my days in half. So I will do book writing for the first half of the day. So I'll get up, just do that so yeah. that I know it's done and then I'm not panicking. And then after lunch, then I'll do blog stuff or client stuff or whatever other stuff needs to happen. So That's a good idea. Some days that kind of gets screwed up and yeah. I can't do the writing or I can't do any of it and something will take precedence. But yeah, I, I try and get both done because I feel a bit like, yeah, if I had particular days, if one thing screwed it up or if like someone put a meeting in for a Monday, I'd yeah. be like, oh no, now I don't know when I'm going to do this stuff I need to do. So that's what works for me, but... um. Yeah, I think it is good to have some kind of order, but without yeah. without being too strict about it. Being a social media expert, but also not really being obsessive about numbers and about your blog, um, do you have a specific kind of plan for your social media? Do you use a scheduler or do you kind of not No, I much? use a scheduler... So... I feel like a, I have imposter syndrome a lot because I feel like I'm a social media expert, but my social platforms are, like, pitiful compared to, like, loads of other bloggers. I don't have, you know, this massive following. Um, but I do want to at least kind of keep content going out and keep it yeah. fresh because I do get, as I was saying to you offline in the kitchen earlier, <laughs> pin, uh, not Pinterest, Pinterest drives the most traffic, but then Facebook is the second yeah. one to that, and then Twitter is a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, so I do want to keep 
content going out on those platforms. So I use um, Edgar, which is a really cool tool. I use Edgar as well. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I love it. because It's, it's been the best for me, actually. Yeah, and it's expensive compared to any yeah. of the other tools, but it is almost like hiring a social media person Definitely, because yeah. it just, you put content in and then it stays in there forever and you can kind of decide when content goes out. And it'll just churn out all your old posts, and which is so brilliant. easy as well. So easy. It's really you just, user-friendly. You basically set a schedule um, for the week of when you want things to go out, and you categorise it by as many things as you want. Yeah. So I have, like, the blog posts that I share, other people's blog posts yeah. that I share, um, and then my blog posts. Mine's pretty simple, but you could do things like, you could have, um, I don't know, like, blog tips, yeah. or um, a specific type of, like, Fashion, fashion posts yeah. about this time, and yeah, once you put that in, you really don't need to do a lot. You don't need to do much at all. You have to go in and like add new content and mm. just make sure. And the other thing you need to do is when there is a disaster somewhere in the world, you need to check that there's not something scheduled because yes. that has happened to me three times, oh three times, God, every time, time there's something. Like I, after the um, the London attack lately, there was a post that went out like 20 minutes after the the news broke. 20 reasons why I hate London. It's like a sarcastic oh, post. No. Yeah. And someone tweeted at me being like, uh, inappropriate timing. I was like, can I just die now, please? Oh, this no. is the worst. And then it's happened to me, Bless I think, you. three that's, times. I think people... Ah, so that's why I remember when we were, we were uh, talking about... You asked me if, like, the wording of something. And I was like, right. you're being so paranoid. Yeah. No, no I understand <laughs> Do you know what? I had... This is just a funny social media story from when I was working at Flight Centre. And I went on holidays for, like, three weeks. And so I pre-scheduled, like, three weeks worth of content. And I knew what the marketing plan was. So I could, like, pre-schedule everything. And there was um, a Malaysia Airlines sale. And oh, I was on the flight coming home. And it was the same day that the Malaysia Airlines flight went missing. And then I got back into the office... And it was the next day, and I had tweeted all day, like, scheduled posts, being like, check out these amazing Malaysia Airlines offers. <laughs> I was just, it was the worst thing that could possibly happen oh, as a social God. media specialist. I think it's a case-by-case thing, but I, yeah, I think as long as you're sensitive. And, um, but yeah, so I do, I do use a scheduler. Um, I have had some slightly embarrassing things that <laughs> it happens but I've now learned and when I you know if something breaks in the news and I think oh actually I have a post about that destination I now like the first thing I do is go in and check that I don't have anything scheduled yeah um so I have learned from it but uh yeah now I use Edgar and then um that's just for Facebook and Twitter yeah and then Instagram I'm just sort of playing around with it really mm-hmm. so sometimes I post every day sometimes I leave it a week it really depends yeah. um, I used to be really on it with Instagram, but now I'm a bit less so. I just can't be bothered as much. And I've really, even though that's the platform that I love, it's mm. been like my dreamy platform where my people are and where I have the most fun, yeah. the most engagement. And it does drive traffic to the site, weirdly. Yeah. With the that's lowest cool. bounce rate. Nice. So the, the right people, my right followers are on Instagram. I, I don't think it's good to be too obsessed with it. I'm not going to build a business out of Instagram, yeah. really, realistically. I can understand, like, people who who have built their business that way, it's awesome, and, yeah, you have to be really mindful of the algorithm changes, but I don't. Yeah. But also, I think we're going through a bit of a, like, I don't know, a bit of a teething problem with Instagram at the moment, mm. where we went through this on Facebook 
what, five years ago where mm. the algorithm came in, everyone freaked out, everyone yeah. was seeing like a major drop in traffic, everyone was like, I'm leaving Facebook, yeah. this is the worst thing ever, and no it's one like, did. everything's just settled down, and yeah, you have to like put a bit more money behind Facebook, or you just have to change the way you do things and be a bit smarter with the way that you're posting content, but Instagram's going to be the same, like mm. things will settle down, everyone will get used to it, yeah, you might still prefer the old way, but that's not how things are anymore, so... We're just going to find better ways of doing it. And, you know, I think in the end, Facebook content is better than what it was yeah. five, six years ago when they had to make that change. Yeah. So it's best for the user. And that's what Facebook actually is doing it for. It's for the end user who doesn't have a blog, who doesn't have, you know, yeah. just people who are on Facebook because they want to connect with their friends. That's and actually the thing that I think we all forget all guilty of forgetting that not everyone in the world is a blogger yeah <laughs> yeah there are a lot of brands and also I think we're getting really entitled with social media because mm. we just expect that it's there for our benefit as a mm. publisher whereas actually you pay a very very small amount to advertise to a very large audience whereas you would never be able to do that in like bloggers can't afford to advertise on billboards or in magazines yeah. and so Facebook actually gives us a really good opportunity to advertise at a very low rate and we get all, like, high and mighty about it. Like, how dare they charge me? And it's like, yeah, yeah you were actually reaching people that you wouldn't have reached without them, so... I feel like my whole opinion towards Facebook has changed, actually. I did chat with you. Ah, oh, yay. I think it did the first time we talked about it as well, but I still didn't do anything about it then. <laughs> <laughs> what would you... What are your top tips for anyone starting a Facebook page now for their blog? Uh, post consistently. Mm-hmm. So don't leave it for, like, a month without posting anything. Um... Get your custom audiences set up, put the Facebook pixel in, get your audience started, even if you're not advertising to them yet, at least they'll be... Is that simple to do then? It is really simple to do. It looks complicated. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Google how to install Facebook pixel... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boring here. She's yawning. Um, yeah, if you just Google it, there's like a really clear instruction okay. site that comes up. Um, and then, yeah, just keep at it and don't be... I don't know, don't be obsessed with the numbers. The traffic will come. Yeah. So where can everyone find you online? Uh, so I am on Twitter and Instagram as L underscore Croft. Um, my blog is lcroft.com. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I missing? I'm L Croft on Facebook and Pinterest. And uh, pre-order my book, The Guilty Wife, yeah. on Amazon.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link to it all in the show notes. Oh, actually, I have one last question. Yeah. Um, so your, so when you go to your website, it's obviously L underscore Croft or lcroft.com. Yeah. Um, but your blog is a bird in the hand travel blog. It is called a bird in the hand travel. I am thinking about just changing it to lcroft.com because a bird in the hand travel means nothing. I oh, know, but I like it. Thanks. I mean, it's a pretty name, but it mm. just doesn't mean anything. And I think it's kind of, I don't know. I think I'm just going to change it to my name because then it will kind of encompass my book and things yeah. like that as well. So I need to do a whole site big, redesign. Yeah. Is that a big faff? Because I'm yeah, thinking it I might change my Well, I've been thinking about name. this for about six months and I'm just like too lazy to actually find a yeah, website designer. Terrible. If there are any website designers listening that want to get in touch, get yes. in touch. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> Me too. Maybe you can do a two for one. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> it needs a refresh. It's been like years since I've changed anything, so... Yeah, my time for change, I think. Thanks for listening to What She Said. 
And if you like this episode or any of the other episodes, please think about giving me a lovely rating on iTunes. I really appreciate it. If you want to connect with me, head over to my blog, wanderloose.com, or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, where I'm at wanderloose blog. 